Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, why did I watch the Super Bowl on Sunday? And why did I watch the Super Bowl on Sunday? Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of that would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong so without any further ado let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel firstly the mysterious and effervescent heather morris she has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called hellhound paranormal and does all of her best work in the shadows she is now the audio and evp expert with the international paranormal society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show Heather worked for many years as Michael Jackson's chimps psychologist after Michael Jackson died. Show me on the teddy bear where he touched you, Bubbles. Welcome to the show, (laughs) Heather Morris. Hola. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Her fascinating fact is that she doesn't always drink beer, but when she does, she gets completely wasted. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. Greg once appeared as a centrefold spread for a Playgirl magazine, but kept his modesty due to the staple in the middle of the page. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our team. So, the Super Bowl. When people say they only watch the ad breaks and the halftime show, um, and they are just as bad as the game, where do you go next is my question. 
the halftime show, which is normally famous for large, iconic stadium bands, I believe The Who, The Stones, Madonna a few years ago, Bruno Mars. I, I dare you to name a Bruno Nars, uh, Nars, Nars. A, a Bruno Nars song, anyone, for, for points, straight off the bat for tonight's show, anyone, Bruno Mars song. Not off the bat. Not off the bat. And Mary, yet, you know, if I said The Stones, if I said Madonna, if I said The I Who, couldn't name a Stone song either. You couldn't name... Well, I just can't get no satisfaction with these scores. This is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone actually remember an advert from the entire two or three, four hours of broadcasting? Can the, anyone remember an ad break? The Time Machine. Ah, oh, that was pretty good. Wasn't that done by a guy in Minnesota? Am I led to believe that? Yeah, that's what they were talking about earlier. This was before. the Doritos, wasn't it, where... Uh, a gentleman walks into a, a front yard and there's a boy with a time machine who says he'll let him have a go with the time machine, which in essence was a large cardboard box with Sharpie drawings on it. Um, if you swap the Doritos and uh, then all kinds of mischief then prevails. That was a very interesting one, but that was amateur, wasn't it? Is that right? That's right. Isn't it interesting, out of all the ads, and millions and millions and millions of pounds was spent, did you... Wasn't it you, Kim, that told me how much it was for so many seconds of... Uh, uh, four million for 30 seconds. Four million for 30 seconds. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but when that's an amateur production, and it's the one that's the most memorable, really that tells you that the money's not been particularly well spent, has it? I would have to say that the the commercial that I remember, only because it was unmemorable, was the Soda Stream. Oh, with Scarlett Johansson. She got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> The week leading up to that, due to the fact that Soda Stream Factory is actually based in Palestine, which is Israeli-occupied land, of course, and she does a lot of humanitarian work with Oxfam, um, which give aid to third world countries and the like, and there was a big political falling out over that. So you've had a week worth of political massignations leading up to the Soda Stream advert, and then you see the advert and you think, what was the fuss about? The one that stuck out in my mind, if you recall, there was an ad break which had an advert for um, Radio Shack. And if you remember, oh, it said, going yeah. back to the 80s, we've updated all our stores. And it had heroes from the 80s. There was Hulk Hogan and uh, Alf. Chips yeah, and there was Chips. There was all kinds of characters from the 80s. What a terrible advert in the fact that, isn't that a case that Radio Shack are admitting to the fact that they've not updated any of their stores from the 1980s? And it's a lie because they have. If you, the, the Radio Shack stores, if you go into them, don't look like they were designed in the 80s. They are all fairly new. So straight away, you've got an advert that's cost so many millions that intrinsically says that Radio Shack lies because they haven't, you know, not updated their stores since the 80s. So I find the whole thing very bizarre. But this leads us to the real point of this conversation. There was points to be addressed here early on in the competition, in the quiz, which is more questions than answers. If you listened to the show last week, you will know that we have a section called I'm Psychic. And with the aid of Pancetta, the psychic pig that doubles up for my mother's snoring, and the psychic abilities of my guests around this very table, we decided to predict for points for this week's show the outcome of the Super Bowl. Heather, you're looking like you're brimming with pride and happiness. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. If I can recap the scores, do you remember what you said? Like 32 to 17 Eagles. You did. You are the closest. Um, so you will be getting points. Yay. Um, Am I uh, winning? Well, well, on the basis you're, you're the, the only one who's received points, <laughs> yes, you are. But, uh, you know, there's still time to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. 
Oh, mean she didn't start with negative points this week? Oh, well mentioned, Greg. Thank you for okay. that. So if I start you off on minus 10 and I give you 10 for predicting the Super Bowl Where result... Where did I lose them? <laughs> well, Greg just said you lost some and he's keeping track of these things. <laughs> he's the sound engineer. He's the guy with the notepad and the iPad. I will give you 10 points because uh, I think that was very well done. My pen has now stopped working. No I got one, an extra. I bet you have. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that when you're writing Heather's score down and the pen doesn't work, another one is provided almost instant. I got one more too if you run out of ink on that one. <laughs> no, we're good. I've got, a, I've got a 10. I've scrawled a 10 onto the page. I will mention Greg as well. He uh, predicted 28-14 to the Seahawks. So in the psychic round, I'll give you five points for being the first loser, Greg. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Kim and myself... Well, I say myself, it's uh, Pancetta the Psychic Pig, who very soon is going to be making a fabulous round of sandwiches in a very near future. <laughs> One of the things we discussed, the reason we did that last week and we're giving out points now, is there was a story that spoke about the concept of collective positive thinking. It's almost like prayer, isn't it, and worship. We were discussing that if enough people will a team to win a game, then if there's more people willing them to win than the other side they will by a default win so we thought and this was on the spur of the moment and greg put his technical hat on and looked everything up for us can you remember what the population was greg and i'm testing your memory here of the difference between seattle and denver because this was very interesting uh, seattle had 270 more people in than denver it's incredible isn't it when you think of seattle and denver there was just 200 odd people between both in terms of population but that did go in favor of the seahawks didn't it yes it did so on the very basis the seahawks had 200 more people living in seattle than denver that was the 200 they needed to get them over the finishing line and win the super bowl so there we go all very scientific before we start i also want to send my thanks to all of our facebook followers on there we have a site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. It now has over 3,200 followers. So if you've not already done so, join us on that particular site where we post all of the paranormal stories of the week for you to look at and comment on, as well as all of the stories from tonight's show. Some of the stories we have have fabulous photographs and video footage accompany them, especially when we're dealing with UFOs and ghosts and cryptozoology so you're more than welcome to go on there find all of tonight's stories and much much more and you can look at them at your own leisure please take the time to share our site on your own walls and to spread the word about the show the only paranormal news quiz show on the entire planet we're also available to listen to on itunes as well we are going to sprint into the first round which is always as you know is ghosts hauntings and all things exorcism and phantom based there we go spooky (laughs) (sighs) touching upon the power of collective thought this is an interesting headline from south africa it says man prevents power cuts through prayer in johannesburg a northwest man is claiming 250 million rand from Excom, which is a power company for preventing power cuts through his own prayers Nelson Thabo Madupe of Lichtenberg has argued that he prevented power cuts during the 2010 Soccer World Cup through his prayers. So he's decided to invoice after four years, so his paperwork must be in a similar state of mind. He is a member of the Zion Christian Church. In a letter to Excom, he said that the main reason for load shedding was lightning and wind, and that he had taken it upon himself to pray to God 
and ask that no power cuts take place. I will add that in South Africa and uh, most third world countries, power cuts are very prevalent. So you can imagine hosting the Soccer World Cup there back in 2010 when there's 60 to 70 games being played over six to seven weeks. If you have a power cut, suddenly no one can see the ball, of course. As a result, XCOM now owes him 250 million rand because he saved the power utility, the burden and humiliation of load shedding. Alternatively, XCOM can offer himself a partnership in the company. Well, at least he has given them options, I guess. The The claim has been placed on the court role in the Northwest High Court on Thursday. So just to recap, this gentleman, four years ago, this came out this week, four years ago, said he prayed so there wasn't power cuts during the Soccer World Cup. And now he wants the company, the power company, to give him 250 million rand for that particular thing not happening. So by that thinking, I prayed that a power cut did not take place during the Super Bowl final on Sunday and I was successful. So uh, who do I need to invoice? Is that the NFL? <laughs> How does that work? Anyone else praying for something that didn't happen this week? This is just opening up a gravy train, isn't it, for anyone that just wants to jump on board and claim that something didn't happen because they thought about it and prayed for it. But I find that a very bizarre story, and it's gone to court, but I can't believe under any circumstances that the big powerful company that is the power company of XCOM will have anything to do with that and will owe him any money in any way, shape or form. That's a very interesting story. It involves soccer and the power of collective thought, and I will give myself a splendid six points for that. Heather, <laughs> what have you got for me on tonight's show in the categories of hauntings and ghosts? Taiwan Funeral Home Group to expand with designer urns and body spas for the dead. Lung Yen Life Insurance Corp, Asia's second biggest cemetery and funeral service operator, plans to expand to Hong Kong and Singapore as populations across the region age. The company expects to receive government approval to enter Hong Kong and Singapore in two years, Lee said. The investments will include cemeteries, columbariums, or vaults with niches or urns containing the ashes of cremated bodies and funeral services. Lung Yen's top-line porcelain urns are manufactured by Okura Art China, a favorite brand of the Japanese royal family, according to the company's marketing materials, and they sell for as much as $500,000. Wow, there's money to be made in the dead. <laughs> there is. Several things you're always going to need in life, even in a recession. Is Death hair- and taxes? Well, hairdressers as well, I would suggest. Hold on one second. The company also offers a spa service for the deceased. She's never looked better. <laughs> Where the embalmer follows a 35-step process, including hair and body washing, massage, Hair drying. Massage. And manicure, he said. I've got some stiffness in all of my body, in actual fact. It gets better. The families can watch this whole process as they're getting spawned. That's part of what they pay for. Yeah, and the two-hour treatment costs about $25,000. So, yeah, the families can come in and watch their family. Their dead family members get pampered, pedicures, manicures, washed, massaged for those tense muscles. Well, you want to you want to look your best, don't you? When you you know confronting the ultimate being and uh, you're being judged. You know. I don't get a massage now. Hi God, how are you? Look at my nails; they're fabulous. And I've had my hair done. Does this dress move with me? I put ball bearings in the hem. Oh, it's all very strange. What what country is this? Taiwan. Taiwan. Didn't you, well, you weren't listening again. Well, you know, I was trying to be funny. This is where we are. No, I got bamboozled by the fact that you instantly said beauty treatments, so my mind suddenly raced 
to, you know, putting lipstick and eyeliner on a dead body. And it all went a bit Norman Bates in my mind. And, you know, mother wouldn't hurt a fly. Man's best friend is his mother, wow. etc. That's wow. very strange. This reminds me of a story. Many years ago when I was teaching, I had a colleague working with me who was Irish. And this is a very kind of Irish kind of situation. But she went back home to Ireland one weekend because her boyfriend's grandmother had died. And she'd never, ever met the grandmother. So she walks in to the parlour where there's a wake and the body's propped up against the wall in a coffin and the first thing the boyfriend said was this is my grandmother and introduced her and then said she's never looked better so I just thought she she came back from that particular weekend away and thought it was very bizarre that she got introduced to this boyfriend's grandmother having never met her before or, or, or even in the future I would suggest did the grandmother reply not to my knowledge. I think that would have cleared <laughs> the room, kidding. wouldn't it? <laughs> the worst scenario is when you walk past the graveyard and there's someone on their hands and knees with a chisel and a hammer and you say, what are you doing? And they say, they spelt my name wrong. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, start the, we'll start the evening off with the inappropriate <laughs> bell. That is a fabulous story. I shall give you points for that. You are now on a hefty... 12 points that's probably the most you've ever had i think on a, so any episode but there's still that's exciting time to except when them. you scored for yourself yeah oh yes i did well scoring for yourself wasn't giving yourself a lot of points it was giving everyone else smaller amounts of points that's i ended up true. on minus 29 how's that not true i've got the paper it's written on yes but i think i had how many 19 and kim had 19 maybe and i think greg did we all tied except you Yes, that's, that's, I didn't know whether that was racism or just plain bullying. I, I still need to work that out. Kim, what have you got for us tonight on ghosts and hauntings and exorcisms and anything that falls into that spooky category? I have Chocolate Zen Bakery offers a taste of heaven delivered in a hearse. Chocolate. <laughs> oh, watch out, your mother's arrived. <laughs> Winnipeg's Chocolate Zen Bakery and Catering is dying to let you know about their killer desserts. And to help drive home that message, the South Osborne Area Chocolate and Dessert Shop can now be seen making deliveries citywide in a custom decaled 1994 Cadillac hearse. That's like Ghostbusters, but with chocolate. <laughs> yes. Um, we thought it would be so cool to have a desserts to die for hearse for our deliveries laughed Barbara Rudiak, who co-owns Chocolate Zen along with partners Douglas Cron and Betty Lay. We want to be known as the bakery with the hearse because we know people will talk about it. That's dark chocolate, I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) Points to be had there. I'm on nine. (laughs) Here's something I did not know. Apparently Cadillac makes all hearses and funeral homes are instructed to destroy the cars when they're finished using them. Really? They're not supposed to resell them. I bet if I went on eBay now, I'd find a couple. You probably would. Uh, it was actually quite a process to buy a hearse. We had to go for an interview. The seller wanted to make sure it was being used in a respectful way. <laughs> Delivering chocolate, is that respectful, do you think? Chocolate Zen unveiled their unique delivery vehicle at last weekend's wonderful wedding show. So they consider that to be respectful. And they're now ready to hit the road, but only when clients specify they want the spooky option. There's other options. <laughs> I just want the chocolate option. I don't mind how it arrives. I actually uh, went online to look at some hearse, and I'm sure I saw some Cadillac ones on there. But it just made me smile 
when it said on the advert that it's done 75,000 miles, but all short journeys. <laughs> <laughs> so that made me smile. I think I want some chocolate delivered in a hearse for Valentine's Day. I, I think you just, you just want chocolate, I think. I don't, I don't think you mind how it comes and in which uh, vehicle it arrives in. Is you better be careful. The next time I see a hearse going down the street and we're all together, I'm going to say, Oi, Greg, your taxi's arrived. (laughs) (laughs) Points to be had all round. That can contain death and chocolate. You you can't say fairer than that. I've got a very interesting story. While we keep on the theme of uh, ghosts and hauntings, this is more in the area of exorcisms. The headline reads, Skype exorcisms are worthless. Say full time exorcists. <laughs> Wipe out! <laughs> the internet exorcism probably won't heal you or cast out demons. Well, who knew? Evangelical Christian Reverend Rob Larson appeared on Anderson Cooper's nighttime television show on Friday to discuss one of the holiest and least understood religious rites exorcisms. In simple terms, Larson explained, an exorcism is the process of expelling an evil spirit from an individual who has somehow become invaded or demonized or possessed by that demon. Let's hope Miley Cyrus is listening. But Larson, a reverend at the Spiritual Freedom Church in Scottsdale, Arizona, and self-proclaimed real exorcist, according to his website, appeared on Cooper's show not to shed light on the occult ritual, but to advertise a new way to avow of the practice via Skype. Skype exorcisms would be an exciting advance in an otherwise ancient world of rituals, if, of course, they weren't an internet scam. They just can't be done that way, says Reverend Isaac Kramer, director of the International Catholic Association of Exorcists. I want to belong to that. I want I want a button that says International Catholic Association of Exorcists. I wonder if they do T-shirts. An organisation that trains and ordains new exorcists. If a person is fully possessed, the demon inside of them will not let them sit down in front of a computer screen to be exercised. Ever sat in front of a computer screen, Greg, and been exercised recently? No, I haven't. I understand that affects your eyesight. (laughs) Chances are they're going to throw the computer screens across the room and destroy everything. In a traditional exorcism, a religious leader recites in person a series of prayers intended to dispel demons. Christian exorcisms often make use of said prayers, as well as holy water, crucifixes and personal touch. All this is why religious leaders like Kramer are slamming Larson's hawking of Skype exorcisms on his website. It's your chance to receive ministry from the quiet and comfort of your own home, reads Larson's site. Exorcisms from the quiet and comfort of your own home. I don't believe exorcisms should be in the same sentence as the word quiet and comfort and indeed own home, perhaps. Or you could just go to Exorcisms R Us or Exorcism Hut. But wait, call now and we will double your order and get two exorcisms. Experience Free shipping. Free shipping. It would just arrive with a strange smell of sulfur and some snuffling animal noises. Experience healing and delivery at your own convenience. It's no surprise that scam artists might latch onto Skype as a means for exorcism. Um, I will give you points at this point if you can jump in here. Um, It says a a percentage of Americans believe in the devil. So what percentage, nearest percentage will get the points. What's the nearest percentage, do you think, of people believing in America that the devil actually exists? 53. 
You're all looking at my notes. I can see you. You As if I can see them. (laughs) Put your glasses on, Kim, quick. 31. 31%. 40%. Heather's on fire tonight. It's actually 57% believe that the devil exists. I shall give you another three points. And who knew the hedonistic score of 15 would be yours after just 10 minutes? There's actually a $50 diagnostic fee on this website. And uh, as well as requiring many biographical details, it says if you want to self-treat, they have a beginner's training pack, which is uh, $30. And so you can teach yourself exorcism in just four weeks. The wheels could really fall off big time on that, couldn't it? If you've just had four weeks of study <laughs> and you start doing exorcisms, you know, if the gates of Hades suddenly opened in your kitchen, that would be problematic. So you need $30 to learn how to exercise, huh? And it takes four. Actually, I remember my mother's (laughs) cooking being like the gates of Hades opening up in the kitchen, if I can recall. Kramer, too, is sceptical of the online exorcism. It would be like trying to perform a baptism on someone through the telephone, he said. But the Reverend argues that there isn't much point to digitizing the exorcism anyway. He asks rhetorically, why try to modernize something that's already been perfected? That's perfectly true, of course. It's been perfected over hundreds, if not thousands of years. This is like when they try to change the flavour of Coca-Cola, isn't it? You know, just leave it alone. It's been around forever. Everyone likes the taste. Or making a film remake, like Gone with the Wind. I don't know if you saw the remake of that with Timothy Dalton. It was just shocking. You know, these things need to be left alone, I guess. Now, practically speaking, how does one actually use Skype when doing an exorcism? Doesn't the screen get covered in kind of green pea green vomit fairly quickly (laughs) there are indeed more questions than answers and we will never know the answers to that i suspect we are at the end of the first round heather has a glorious 15 points i'm close behind on nine kim has five and she is tied with greg but there is still all to play for as we go sprinting into the cryptozoological round that is ufos green men and all things that are hairy beasties who would like to start for me kim you can kick off with your story tonight on cryptozoology and ufos what have you got for me i have a woman who disowns her cat for being gay (laughs) (laughs) there's many jokes that could be said at this point involving that noise and kim but i shall refrain from doing so because i want to stay on the radio for as long as possible Uh, which category is this under ufos or cryptozoology (laughs) it's it's strange creatures isn't it it's just really strange A middle-aged woman whose name was withheld yesterday in Nigeria publicly disowned her cat, whom she had kept as a pet for seven years for what she termed an unnatural sexual behavior, which she finds disturbing and a contradiction of the laws of nature. The cat wasn't licking itself by any chance, was it? No. (laughs) By this, the cat has made a record as the first cat to be so publicly declared gay and disowned by its owner. The cat's made a record. It's It's just produced the entire works of Cat Stevens on LP. Do you care to have a little psychic and guess what the cat's name is? Its name is Chloe. Nope. Colin. Bull. Trevor. <laughs> what was I'm sorry, Bull. The cat's name is Bull. Hey, what, B-O-W? B-U-L-L. Oh, B-U-L-L. Well, of course I should have got that. I'm a fool. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Bull was alleged to be in the habit of making sexual advances only to other male cats in the house, <laughs> even though there are several other female cats. Have I, Bull is a male cat, I assume. 
Yes. It is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the cat owner who expressed a strong disbelief in the divine purpose of creating male and female of every creature to fulfill an ordained purpose of procreation said, anybody interested in this gay cat can have it because I have no further use of it. The what cat- was she using it for anyway? Well, I think it was helping her <laughs> do some light housework, a bit of cooking, and uh, it was doing her hair. But I also understand the cat had a love of light musical theatre as well. <laughs> Poor cat. It is common in the animal world, isn't it, for uh, species to uh, mate or try and mate with the same gender. We had uh, we used to keep ducks when I was a kid in our garden, and uh, they would just do anything at any time. You know, one of them would grab onto your leg, and you'd say, "Well, hurry up then!" But it's uh, <laughs> let him finish. Yeah, I mean, let it finish. <laughs> That reminds me of a story, actually. Of I went round my cousin's house, and my cousin, this is when I was a small child, and my cousin said, keep away from that German shepherd. It is incredibly vicious. Don't go anywhere near it. So I sat down, and I'm petrified of dogs anyway. So I'm sat on the sofa watching the television with my extended family, and this really vicious dog came and put its head on my lap. As animals tend to do, I tend to have a habit of going into people's houses and their animals just attract me and I end up with a cat on my head and a rat on my shoulder and a budgerigar sat on my knee and a dog on my lap. So this really vicious German shepherd's now got its head sat on my lap. So I started to pet it, I started to stroke the dog and the dog's loving it. It's rolling around on the floor and, you know, making all the noises that dogs make when they're having their bellies rubbed and, you know, it's really excited and I'm stroking it and stroking it and everyone's laughing and Greg's doing actions in the background which I couldn't possibly describe live on air but he needs to pull his pants up because that's putting me off and I said to my cousin I thought you said this dog was vicious and he said stop stroking it so I stopped stroking it and the dog went so I spent two hours stroking the dog until my arm went dead so there's a moral in there somewhere but for the life of me I can't find it so for homosexual cats in Nigeria, Kim, I shall give you a hefty three points, and that now brings you up to eight. Heather, what have you got for us? You are in the lead at the moment. It's all to play for. You're going to make cryptozoological noises now, aren't you? No. No, you're not. Do you yeah. want fries with that? Wow. <laughs> he made eyes at me. I can't believe a Wookiee just came into the room and left. Who knew such <laughs> things? Bigfoot sightings claimed in Vermont, Maine. Oh, I see what you did there. That was a segue, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> that was good, huh? Uh, well, I wouldn't go that far, but it was well, interesting. Two men in Vermont and Maine claim that they have seen white Bigfoot in recent weeks while out walking their dogs. Do you think white Bigfoot gets more rights than brown? Isn't that the abominable snowman? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. He's How do you his- say that? That's abominable. He was, um, <laughs> do you think he's just on his holidays? He's done a holiday swap. There's loads of Nepalese wandering around on mountains and Everest all the way around um, the Nepalese border there and, and wondering why all these brown Bigfoots have suddenly appeared <laughs> with cameras and uh, video yeah. cameras on the like and the family in tow with tennis rackets and suitcases and sure. beach balls. And why not? They wouldn't need to wear much, would they, to be honest? I mean, they're not going to need clothing, are they? If no. those are the Himalayas, is where I'm going. <laughs> Sorry, do continue. There's a story in there dying together. There is. The report surface, surfaced in Cryptozoology News, a publication that tracks purported sightings of yetis, mermaids, leprechauns, and other mythical creatures. Well, they're all very similar, aren't they, in many respects? <laughs> one comes from Ireland, one lives in the sea. There was an awful smell in the air. My dog kept barking. The man identified only by the initials J.H. said... Adding a few seconds later, his dog became fearful and cowered behind him. 
That's when I thought that something wasn't right. The odor got more intense. I couldn't believe it. I see what looks like a guy in a white costume or something running across the road towards the woods, but he, or it, was in no hurry. MP told Cryptozoology News that he was taking his dog for a walk when it went nuts. The man said visibility was low, but I ain't blind, man. I know what I saw. What my accent do- was that? Was that Pakistani or Welsh? I'm just, go, go for that again. Oh, you're just jealous. Was that the Vermont accent? <laughs> yeah. Was it? I know what I saw and my dog got out of control barking at it. It moved fast and like a human. It was fat, huge, and it had white long hair everywhere, he said. It was Santa Claus. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He didn't have a big Enjoy. sack with it, did it? Wow, I'm Wouldn't not going to a- decipher whether it was male or female. Oh, Christ above. <laughs> well, can you imagine a child poking his head Playing through with the- his sack. <laughs> that's just summed up Craig's childhood in many ways. <laughs> and that's why Greg wears glasses, ladies and gentlemen. I was just thinking about a child laying in bed, peeking through the bed sheets and seeing Bigfoot coming into his room at Christmas with a large sack. <laughs> it's a strange world we live in, isn't it? It would answer it many questions in many respects. <laughs> it, um, it looked like a white Bigfoot or something. No kidding. I never thought I'd get to see something like this, the report stated. I've always laughed at those Bigfoot nuts. I had my <laughs> you reasons. You laughed at Bigfoot's nuts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now I guess I'm, cr- I'm the crazy one here. Unless it was a very good hoax played on me, that could be. But I tell you again, it ain't easy for a man to make those kind of moves. It didn't look human to me. Most likely, it's one of the big hairy guys around here just roaming around. You ugly, you're ugly, and your mother ugly, and your sister ugly. You're just plain old ugly. <laughs> I, I can actually vouch for that because I've met your mother and your sister. Oh, what? oh ding, ding, ding. <laughs> There's a lot of, oh, don't wear the bell out. And I'm the only one who gets to press the bell. I'll touch your bell. Not from there, you won't. I uh, find that remarkable in actual fact. It's almost like an albino... I can't believe we don't see more of these. If there's a white albino Bigfoot running around, surely people must have seen well, it. Well, hold on. There's albino deer. There's... Yes, and they get seen all the time. No, they don't. They probably get killed very early because everybody sees them. Albino creatures, by default, get seen, so they don't tend to survive. An albino, or albino, as albino. you say. Well, you say you albino in Britain, but albino, you say albino, I say albino. Tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. An albino mouse is easily going to be eaten by an owl. They don't, they don't tend to last very long, sure. is the point I'm, I'm making, I guess. Did you say that was from Vermont? Yes. The story I have about Vermont, I was in a bank line once waiting to put some money into the bank. And I got chatting to the guy waiting in front of me because he heard my accent and we got chatting. And he said, where are you from? And I said, London. He said he was from Vermont. And I said, OK, I don't know Vermont. Name me something famous that comes from Vermont. And he said, Vermont cheddar is the best cheese in the world. And I said, surely cheddar cheese that comes from cheddar in England is the best cheddar in the world. And he said, no, Vermont cheddar's the best. And I said, no, cheddar that comes from cheddar in England is the best. And uh, we had a fist fight and I won, I'm glad to say. (laughs) But I'm not welcoming Vermont anymore. There are points in abundance for you. You're doing very well tonight. You are now on a hefty 17 points. Kim, what have you got for me in the row? We've already had your cat. Yes, cat yes. story, Gay haven't we? Cats. I'm going to jump in. Actually, I've got a, a UFO story because bizarrely, this is the UFO and cryptozoology round. This is uh, from Bruno Mars to UFOs on Mars. How's that for a segue? Oh, terrible! An amazing video. You're now on minus fifteen again. 
<laughs> I'm going to take a few away. You're on 15. There you go. The good Lord giveth. And Adrian taketh away. Well, that's how it works, yeah. <laughs> when I was a teacher, I had all my kids lined up outside my classroom. And I said, you'll need to be quiet and you need to stop chewing. And you don't need to lean against the wall before we go in. And uh, one of the kids who was a bit of a smart ass said, why do we have to do what you say? And I was the head of the art department at the time. And I said, because I'm God and you do what I say when you're in my art department. Very tongue in cheek. He came back. He went and told his parents this. He went home. Little Johnny went home and said, my art teacher claims he's God. He came, <laughs> this kid came back the following week and said to me as he was lining up for his next lesson, are you still God this week, sir? And I said, yes, I am. Get in there and start your work. But I've got a UFO story. It says an amazing video has been posted to YouTube this week of the strangest object ever captured by a NASA rover as it photographed its environment, showing what looks like a spacecraft flying past high in the sky and leaving a distinctive vapour trail jetting from its towel. So what is it? The video posted a profile UFO hunter has surprisingly few views. Perhaps it's because the channel has a dubious reputation for its source material. But this time there can be no doubt about the authenticity unless NASA itself is in on the UFO hoaxing business. And of course, we all know that would never happen. <laughs> the image was published by the Space Agency recently and the UFO can be clearly seen trailing skywards in the right-hand upper corner. In the original, the unidentified flying object doesn't look like much, being relatively smaller than the foreground photographed by the rover. But enlargement of the object reveals a spherical top cone, a rounded centre mass and what looks like some kind of propellant ejecting from its tail. Does Mars have its own space program? I asked. If not, then what is the thing doing there? Apparently only Professor Hans Zarkov, formerly of NASA, has provided any explanation. You can go onto our site on Facebook, only it's called More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, and that story is there with all of tonight's stories, and it is there for you to see. If you wish to see the video of the UFO flying over Mars. It's a very strange occurrence and I don't know what it is, which is why it's called, of course, an unidentified flying object. You are more than welcome to do so. If during the course of your week you see stories that you think I should be covering, then just post the links on my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, and I will look to include them in the show. And I will even give you a word of thanks and a shout out for helping me with my research. Or you can send me an email to mq ta at rocketmail.com if you or your business would like to sponsor the show and contribute to the beast that is more questions and answers you are more than welcome to do so for more informative madness after these short messages from our sponsors stay tuned the lakes area paranormal interest group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal the group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology, Bigfoot crop circles and ghosts. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9pm Central Time in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park next to St. Cloud, Minnesota. For more information, visit their website LAPIG. Org. They also have a fabulous Facebook site as well that is packed with UFOlogy and stories from all over the world containing extraterrestrials. That's the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group for people who believe that standing in a cold, dark basement in the middle of the night, frowns on end, is perfectly normal. I have been to many of their 
sessions. I've actually given lectures there and they're a fabulous, fabulous group of people and I wish I lived closer to there that I could go more often. The Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who has experienced a UFO sighting or knows someone who has, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of UFO information can be found at mnmufon.org. You are listening to the very best in live paranormal digital talk radio with your host, Adrian Lee. And in the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know. Which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, famous for being banned in Lithuania, for introducing the word to dirty hobo water and sometimes the annoying inability, thanks to Kim for highlighting that, to say the word (laughs) abominable, (sighs) snowman live on air, with the inability to say yeti live on air. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. It's very interesting. If we talk about nature, the return of the Jedi, if we talk about nature versus nurture, I discovered live on air when my parents came to visit me several years ago when I was doing a show on 100.3 K Talk out of the cities I discovered that both my mum and my dad cannot say abominable either (laughs) so uh, that would suggest that it's genetic rather than something I've picked up along the way so an argument there for nature versus nurture so I have no chance in actual fact it's in my genes and uh, I was born not to say the word abominable Although I've, only, I've just said it, of course, but I've, that's many years of practice in front of a mirror. If you have just joined us, it's unfortunate, isn't it, that I do a show that's crammed with cryptozoology and the one word in the entire English lexicon that I can't say is abominable. I see what I you can did think there. of a few more. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Go on, then. I'm interested now. What's a buoy? Oh, for the... <laughs> I actually pronounce it right. It's just that in America you call it a buoy when in actual fact it's a boy. Because it comes from the word buoyancy. So uh, it's not that I can't pronounce buoy. It's just that I'm saying it right and you're all saying it wrong. But I'm aware of my audience and where I'm sat at the moment. So from now on, we shall call it buoy. Until such time, do you come over to London with me? And then I will, so, I will say boy constantly until you're sick of the sound of the word. You're looking at me very bizarrely, Heather, like there's other words I can't pronounce. Yeah, like the little mammal that runs around gathering nuts. Ah, Greg. <laughs> Grog Grim and, Grim and Keg I think yes. she's referring to the squirrel The squirrel Again, I don't, it's not that I can't pronounce the word squirrel It's just that I say it in an English accent And I pronounce all my letters Which is the uh, mistake I'm making I shall now say it with an American accent And from now on, the small mammal that goes around Gathering nuts is a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners out there i'm no, not go back. i'm not go having back. i'm not having a stroke i do apologize <laughs> the trick is with american words not to pronounce all the letters in the middle and to say it out of the corner of your mouth i'm, I'm learning on a regular <laughs> basis if you have just joined us why would be my question what could have been more important if you've not been with us already let me raise your spirits further by saying we still have 50 percent of the madness still left to go there'll be many many more words in tonight's show i'll mispronounce and not be able to say properly happy dance and high fives all round i've been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies which i shall drink and eat as heather reads her next story 
I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has thankfully now stopped snoring from the room next door. If anyone's wondering why I mention my mother snoring, when I used to work on 100.3 K-Talk, when I was in London delivering the stories of the paranormal, strange and bizarre from all over the world, I used to do the shows from my parents' house and I'd do them in my bedroom. And uh, my mother would literally be snoring very loudly and you would hear it on the radio broadcast. So all over America, people heard my mother snoring because, of course, when I was doing the show from Britain, we are six hours ahead. So if the show starts at nine o'clock in the evening, then obviously, you know, we're getting towards three o'clock in the morning. And uh, my mother was obviously driving them home. So uh, that is the reason we say these things. Onwards, we march. I digress. We move on to the round that is strange and bizarre heather what have you got for me in strange and bizarre police say a woman put fecal matter in her husband's iv oh that's a wet one greg (laughs) iv isn't that like a grocery store that's high v oh intravenous that's right okay (laughs) you've now got me hooked i'm do i yes an arizona woman has they're all in arizona tonight aren't they i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt this is Arizona. What are you talking about? My last one was from Vermont. Which is next door to Arizona, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yes. They have trouble in... <laughs> I know that Vermont has a lot of trouble with Mexicans running over the border. <laughs> What's wrong with you? An Arizona woman has been accused of trying to kill her hospitalized husband by injecting fecal matter into his IV line. Surely you've got to stand on a stool wow. to get it in there, haven't you? What? How'd you get it in there? Do you have to stand on a bench or something? To put what in where? A fecal matter in an IV. That's like a tube, isn't it, that goes to a bag that's hung from a... Why would you have to stand on anything? Well, how'd you get to the bag? It's right there. Grab the bag. Oh, okay. (laughs) Grab the bag and feel the joy. Rosemary Vogel of Sun Lakes was arrested Thursday on suspicion of attempted first-degree murder after a nurse found the 65-year-old holding her husband's IV line, which was found to contain a brown substance, police said. Death by chocolate. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, you've got. I'm it. happy with that. There's points to be had there. Oh. I'm going to give myself two points for that. Yeah, and it arrived in a hearse. <laughs> Police don't have a possible motive. A hospital lab test identified the brown substance in the IV line as fecal matter, and That's a trace. Poo. Yes, thank you for clarifying. And a trace amount of brown substance was also found in the needle of an otherwise empty syringe found in Vogel's purse. When it was searched in the hospital, Vogus purse contained a total of three syringes, including two with a clear liquid, police said. Police documents said Vogel is a retired registered nurse who formerly worked at the hospital. Investigators plan to conduct forensic tests on all the materials involved over the next week or two. However, the hospital had to test the brown substance in the IV line immediately for treatment purposes. The lad came back with fecal matter. The incident occurred after the 66-year-old man had undergone a heart procedure. He's, ex- he's expected to survive that, as well as the alleged attempted murder. Vogel declined to be interviewed by police and asked for an attorney. Um, her bond was set at $100,000 at her initial court appearance on Friday. That's very dangerous in actual fact, because you can get like blood poisoning and septicemia. Do you ever remember the first Rambo films where he's setting up all those traps and, you know, they're treading on them and there's spikes going into them? Back in the day, during the Second World War, in jungle warfare, you would wipe excrement on those spikes because if it, even if it just grazed you, 
you know, you would then get septicemia and blood poisoning and it would do for you. You would end up dying at that point. So that's a very dangerous situation in many respects. I have a question for you. I hope I can answer it. Have you ever had a crappy day? Um, several. Many on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, potentially he was filled with crap. You're trying to crack jokes now, aren't you? <laughs> on the back of the fact that this is the first time in recorded history that you're in the lead, would it not be a good idea just to perhaps hold back a little bit is what I'm saying on, on, on the joke front, you know? But I was really trying. Yes, I can tell that you are. You don't get any marks in this game for trying. Kim, what have you got for me quickly before we get removed from air? I'm going to give everybody an idea for Valentine's Day. Yay! Wow. True love tester. The bra that cannot be unhooked without true love. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like some flowers? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a nice meal out? <laughs> <laughs> wow, have you done something with your hair? It looks fabulous. <laughs> That's a smashing blouse you're wearing. <laughs> you mimic that sound a little too well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the ideal sound for a bra suddenly I'm pinging. <laughs> Did you realise, madam, you were speeding in this particular area and it's only 70 miles an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> God. In you go, Kim. Um, it cannot be unhooked without true love. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all say. That's what the makers claim. Uh-huh. Loveless flings can never happen and unwanted gropers don't stand a chance as long as a lady is wearing the true love tester. The true love tester? Yes. I know they've got a central heated bra now for women that live in Minnesota called Escape from Cold Tits. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's points to be had. I'm going to give myself two points. I'm on 13. There we go. I'm lucky for some. A built-in sensor monitors the wearer's heartbeat, making sure the front clasp remains locked unless genuine excitement is detected. So if, if you're a very excitable woman, there could be a lot of problems. Or if you're having a heart attack, maybe. Wow. Well, in many respects, that gives you instant access, doesn't it? I think it? they could use this bra on the medical field. I think they should invent a Minnesota Vikings bra because they've got lots of support but no cups. <laughs> Fifteen for me. <laughs> I'm on a roll. There we are. Um, if excitement is detected, the bra will automatically spring open in an alarmingly violent fashion. <laughs> the science behind it is rather less than scintillating. When excited, the adrenal medulla gland secretes catecholamine, which affects the automatic nerve and stimulates the heart rate. <laughs> a sensor reads the woman's heart rate and sends it, sends it to a special app via Bluetooth for analysis. Now we're into <laughs> Bluetooth. So it, this doesn't happen instantly then. There's got to be quite a lot of electronics taking place yes. in Bluetooth before that springs. Couldn't they do this with panties? That just well, kind of, yeah, I was just going to say, I think that they need to do something for the men. This is like a chastity belt. <laughs> I've always wanted a Gossard Wonder pants, Gossard Wonder knickers that, that kind of, you know, push up and kind of, you know. What? Well, a Wonder bra gathers up and pushes up, doesn't it? Why yeah. don't they make men's briefs like that is what I'm saying. Why would you want it want lifted up gusard. and poked a, a gusset? No, I don't want a gusset, which is a fabulous word, by the way. One of my all-time favourite words is uh, gusset, of course. Just winning over the word puddle. But I will say, moist is quite a good one as well. We're on the subject. And apple oh. pudding. I've got Tourette's. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> You're absolutely right. Gossard Wonder Pants, to kind of, you know, to give it some sort of volume and to push it up and point it out is where we're going for men. Gossard Wonder Briefs, wife fronts. You've heard of them before. No, I think they should be made. Well, the company that makes the bros should make them. There you yeah. go. Bros. You do realise we're giving all our secrets away and any of our listeners could at any moment patent these ideas and make vast sums of money <laughs> on the back of us. So I will like to say just for the benefit of copyright. Why don't that you just verbal, stick a sock down there? Well, I was told that you should stick a sock down your underwear to, to attract all the ladies. I didn't realise it was the front. So I wondered why I was having problems attracting the female species. And it wasn't until someone pointed out that the sock needed to be down the front that I suddenly realised what all my problems were. Fabulous story. I have a story now. Of the, we're definitely in the, in the realms here of the bizarre and strange. You shall have points, Kim, wherever she goes. You're now on ten. I've got a story here that says police deal with 10 reports involving a clown in Devon and Cornwall in the west of England. It says Devon and... (laughs) 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 Leave them alone, madam. Devon and Cornwall police dealt with a total of 10 incidents involving clowns in the past year. New data has revealed. The police force responded to incidents ranging from a man who received an unexpected package containing a clown doll. You said package. (laughs) 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 Why's all gone Beavis and Butthead? (laughs) Depeche Mode. (laughs) That's French for wheel wussies. (laughs) (sighs) Give me some nachos. I'm going to kick your ass, Beavis. Okay. The police force responded to incidents ranging from a man receiving a clown doll. Do you can imagine there's a knock at the door and there's no one there. You go and open the door and there's a shoebox on the floor. You open it up. There's a creepy clown doll and oh, nothing God. else is what happened. Um, and there was also an allegation against a male supposedly demanding youths dress up as clowns amongst <laughs> other demands. My sister has a real fear of clowns, by the way. I think it's called... Claudiophobia, is that right? I'm happy to stick my neck out and uh, say that. The figures reveal in a Freedom of Information request following a string of sightings of clowns across the country of England. It's amazing when a Freedom of Information Act comes out that you first type in the word clown. Of all the words you could type in on a word search on a Freedom of Information Act for arrests in Devon and Cornwall, someone's typed in the word clown. There is a full list for the year of 2013 of separate Devon and Cornwall police incidents containing the key word of clown. Here are a few. There was a missing person involving a clown tattoo, a male causing traffic hazards wearing a clown nose, a clown mask found at the scene of an assault, third-party report of a female having seen a male dressed as a clown. I don't know if whether this is suddenly an offence just to see a man dressed as a clown wearing uh, obviously it was an offence of wearing loud clothes in a built up area during the hours of darkness and uh, a male received an unexpected package containing a clown doll that's fabulous I love that <laughs> and there was allegations of an assault on a female by a male dressed as a clown apparently he forced his custard pie upon her and apparently made her sniff his flower <laughs> <laughs> not many people know this but I actually used to make clown shoes for a living back in Britain which was uh, no small feat. <laughs> no. No. Fifteen. Minus. <laughs> There's no minus there. You both laughed. I'm good with that. I didn't laugh. The other two people in the room did, and I laughed as well, I and I've heard gravel, it. Greg, gravel. Gravel. <laughs> you didn't see gravel. <laughs> Do you mean grog, grig, or gravel? <laughs> I need to get a name yet. 
name tags next week. I've got a few. He's called Gravel because he's really good at getting laid in the road. (laughs) (laughs) You've really been on the sharp stick, haven't you, tonight, Grog? (sighs) We move into our last round. If we can get over the laughter. Those are tears ruining your mascara over there. We move into the last round that is called Not For Your Mother. If there are any minors in the room at the moment as you're listening or your mother's in the room, I suggest you shuffle them outside into the cold night air because these are the stories from the week that have things in them that would not be advisable for your mother to hear. I'm going to start with Kim on this particular round. You are on 10 points at the moment, so you are 8 behind so there's all to play for i have an italian nun shocks the church after giving birth to a baby boy was that an immaculate wow craig's been practicing his harp yes good it was an immaculate contraption by all accounts (laughs) (laughs) an immaculate contraption contractions um i'll say it three times and it'll be funny at one of them She's claiming immaculate conception, but I bet it will she be is. investigated. Yeah, I'm sure. She's what, are gonna, gonna, what are they going to investigate? Just she's, curious. She's, well, there are ways of finding out whether things have been interfered with, aren't there? I'm She'll sure. just say she's been horse riding a lot at the age of 12. <laughs> she's going to have a really long chat with the bishop, isn't she? Unless yes. the bishop's involved, of course, in which case, you know, that, that <laughs> there's excommunications involved at that point. I'm looking at the story. At the very end of the story, it says, Spokesman from the local bishop stated that the case would be investigated in order to see what the circumstances were and if the report was consensual or the result of violence. The elders at the diocese are looking into it. (laughs) Oh, no. Are you going to jump straight to it? Are we actually going to get any of the story? I did give you the end of the story, yes. Yes, So let's have the middle. Uh, It is Sister Roxana from El Salvador, and she belonged to a nunnery in Italy. Surprised... uh, She surprised her entire convent, and apparently herself, when she gave birth last week. (laughs) The nun arrived in Italy last summer, and in September she vowed to follow the three rules of convent. Which are? Chastity, poverty, and obedience. Wow. That sounds like living in Mexico. (laughs) Uh, Even if at the beginning the woman played the innocent card, she finally admitted to knowing about the baby. It is believed that the child's father is an old love of hers from El Salvador. Sister Roxana wrote a letter to her disappointed mother, Superior, in order to apologize for the incident and for the fact that she breached her trust. To be it's not fair, the only thing that was breached. breached. You're right. <laughs> wow. I, I find it, if she took those vows after procreation, then she hasn't actually done anything wrong, has she? If she, if she? if she conceived in El Salvador, then came over to Italy and took her vows, then she hasn't actually intrinsically done anything wrong, has she? Well, if she tried to deny it, then she would have broken her vows with that. Um, Church officials were outraged by the event and claimed the nun broke her vows vows while she was back in El Salvador to renew her passport in spring. Father Benedetto Falsetti from a nearby church has stated that he expects Sister Roxana to tell the father of the child about their son and to be reunited as a normal family. So I'm assuming she's no longer doing any nunnery. Despite her superior's anger, the new mother has been flooded with gifts including money, baby clothing, and accessories since the news went public. The hospital had to have extra security on the maternity wing in order to control the people who people attracted by the nun. Sister Roxana is expected to keep her child, whom she named Francesco, Francis in honor of the current pope. I know that the Italians would see this in a really bad light. 
because they're a very Catholic country, of course. This is where the Vatican is. It's always, it's always amazing to me. I've been to Italy more times probably than any other country as an art historian that studied the Italian Renaissance. I was practically living in Italy. But when I've been to Rome, for example, um, I find it very odd. They've got the Colosseum, haven't they, where all the gladiators fought back in the day. And it's just a shame they never finished it, I think, having looked at it from the outside. But I find it remarkable. There's a big plaque outside on almost like a monument and what it says on there is it's an apology to all the christians they slaughtered and killed to the lions so it's very interesting isn't it that italy goes from a pagan society where they're throwing christians to lions to one of the biggest catholic societies in the world with the vatican it's quite a turnaround in terms of religion and and cultural beliefs i guess but i know the italians will have a real problem with this because back in the early 90s has anyone around the table heard of a clothing company called benetton no. Is that something that must Mm-mm. be a European? Did you nod, then, Kim? You, I've, I've heard of heard it. Of them, I didn't yeah. have any, but I've heard of it. Sure, they're very um, up, upper class, I guess. Up market's probably a better word. Clothing brown. It's, it's famous for all the different colours. It's very colourful clothing, and it's very European. And there's Benetton stores all around Europe, and it's at the high end, if you like. And they produce very controversial adverts. They're famous for having ad breaks and commercials that really look to challenge and. Uh, one of their phrases is the United Colours of Benetton, and they have lots of nationalities in their adverts. And one of the things they did in the early 90s when I was living in Italy is they produced an advert that had a nun in it that was pregnant. So they'd obviously got a model, and they've put like a cushion up a cassocks or whatever they wear. And uh, they took the photographs, and it caused such controversy. It was all over the news. So I know it's a very uh, controversial thing, just seeing a pregnant nun, of course, um, would be very controversial to the Catholic faith. There are points to be had there. You are now on a resplendent 13. Heather, what have you got for me in the not-for-your-mother round? You've got a smile on your face. It's almost bordering on a cheeky smile. Miami robber whips woman in the face with his genitals. That's a mushroom stamp, isn't it, I believe? <laughs> yes. Let's hear that sound of Greg again and just imagine once more... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> did he take a run up or did he take I mean, how does that happen? Why he, do you did, know he, about did he this? Jump? Do you know the logistics just, of a mushroom stamp? Or? I'm trying to think of how someone could rise themselves off the ground sufficiently to be able to attack someone in the face. She was lying in a bed. Okay, so he jumped. Okay, I'm getting. So he jumped off the You're cupboard. You're right into my story. Okay, well, you go for it then. You, there's points <laughs> at stake. All to play for. You're three points from the lead. The suspect began hitting the victim in her face with his penis, stating again, Bitch, give me the money. During- Sorry, what accent was that? <laughs> Wasn't that the Pakistani guy from yes, The Simpsons? Yes, You're wanting slushy, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> I will slap you in the face with my genitals. <laughs> in Miami on January 29th, during a home invasion on Tuesday morning, one of the burglars reportedly slapped a 31-year-old Miami woman in the face with his penis, while demanding money. <laughs> Do they get a plaster cast of it? Just to, like the imprint or something? Just... <laughs> I want to see if, if that's what she saw. Can you imagine a lineup? I was going to say the usual suspects. <laughs> you know, and there's a guy on the end that's kind of got his hands on his hips and he's kind of, you know... Like, it's number five, officer. Could number five step forward and wave his genitalia at the glass? <laughs> Terrible. The incident stated or started when the two suspects confronting a man at the rear door of his home by pointing firearms at him and asking for money while wearing masks and gloves. 
That's yeah. all they wore, masks and gloves. And of course they came to the rear drawer. <laughs> Look at you guys go. Kim's now on 14. <laughs> Greg's now on 8 because he's made fabulous whipping sounds throughout the whole of this. Okay. I can't believe he just... You do realise, ladies and gentlemen, that he's doing that on the table. <laughs> People have got to eat off of there. What's wrong with you? After they gained entry to the home, the two men entered the bedroom of the man's daughter-in-law and woke her up. The suspect placed the firearm to the daughter-in-law's head and stated, Bitch, where is the money? Early to rise. According to the report, the victim stated she didn't have any money. The suspect then pulled down the victim's shirt, removed his penis from his pants, and began hitting the victim in the face with his penis, stating again, Bitch, give me that money. Again, I can't point point where that accent's from. The victim told the men, I don't have no money. The oh, robber. yeah, there you go again. That was black. Well, that was kind of Western, kind of Jamaican. European. Western European. <laughs> Give me the money. And the robbers took off with two television sets valued at $600. According to police, the woman thinks the suspect saw her take out money from the bank earlier in the evening and then followed her home. They're looking for two Jewish men. Yes. Yes, wow. you're right. You shall have points wherever she goes. You are now on 18, which is, I think, the most you've ever had. Yay! No, nope, she had in... 19. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was going to... You're quick to jump in there, aren't you? If I, I, there, wasn't, there wasn't a semicolon in there. It was all part of the same sentence. There wasn't two separate clauses where I was about to say that's the most points she's ever had whilst I've been in charge of scoring, <laughs> which is where we were. This is down to me now, isn't it? It is. This again is not for your mother. It says suspect in downtown shooting being treated for self-inflicted wounds to the testicles. <laughs> He's not having children anytime soon. He had I think a lot he, of testicles. I think it was. He did. <laughs> Do you know the word triorchid is having three? Okay. I'm just saying because it's quite a common thing and my mother worked in a hospital and there was times when she had to type in the word triorchid into the data on her computer and it means that you have three. Testicles? Yes. It's There's just, guys out there that have three testicles? There are. There's guys out there with seven willies. No, there isn't. <laughs> have you not seen the films? Seven, seven willies for seven, seven brides. brides. That's right. <laughs> you must have seen that. <laughs> Come to think of it, it was just last week. <laughs> I, th- I thought I hadn't seen you wearing glasses before. <laughs> One man from Tuesday night's downtown Portland shooting remains hospitalised with a gunshot wound to his leg, whilst the 40-year-old suspect is being treated for an accident, self-inflicted gunshot wound to the testicles. Does what anyone, was that? Was that, was that your wrestling <laughs> voice? The wrestling. <laughs> Probably the fastest road car in the world. <laughs> An apparent robbery. I don't know. That's Jeremy Clarkson, if anyone's ever watched Top Gear. We, we've been on Top Gear for the last hour. An apparent robbery attempt between the two men who were at Neighbours led to the shooting just before 8pm in the parking lot of an apartment building. I wonder if they were arguing about how to split the money up or the loot. Because they both went in and robbed the place and then had a gunfight out in the parking lot. During the dispute, a 14-year-old man pulled out a gun and shot the other 14 man. 14-year-old? That's, that's not a man. 40, 40. Oh, gotcha. 40, I coughed during 40. <laughs> Thanks for correcting me live on air. You are now on... <laughs> 20, got it. You're on 20. <laughs> You're back to 17. What? 
During the dispute, the 40-year-old man pulled out a gun and shot the other man in the leg. The wounded 32-year-old man ran over to the Safeway on Southwest 10th Avenue and Columbia Street for help. He was later taken to the hospital with a leg injury. With a leg injury. As the suspect fled the scene, he accidentally shot himself in the groin. God really does work in mysterious ways, doesn't he? I believe they call this instant karma. The suspect's wound is consistent with somebody putting a gun in his pants. You've seen what they do, don't you? They get the gun, they stick it down the front of their pants. And uh, before you know where you are, you're jogging and whistling at the same time. The suspect's wound is consistent with somebody putting the gun in their pants. Josh Howell, a 42-year-old resident of the same apartment building, said he heard two loud noises but wasn't sure where they were from. Probably heard a loud scream shortly after the two loud gunshots, I suspect. Howell left the building to investigate and said the 40-year-old man walked by him and told him to call an ambulance because he had been shot. That seems very calm, doesn't it, for a man who's just put a lifesaver-shaped design into his testicles. Howell said he saw a man getting up off the ground in the parking lot. The man staggered off with a woman towards Safeway, said Howell. Police with shields and assault rifles descended upon the apartment building and began canvassing the entire area. Police later found the wounded suspect on Southwest 6th Avenue and Mill Street. Police haven't identified either men nor cited any charges and no testicles have yet to be found, although one is believed to have made a run to the Mexican border. <laughs> this does this does remind me of a true story. I'm going to finish tonight's show on a true story, and I don't have the details in front of me, so you're going to need to look it up, but you'll have to trust me this is a true story. There was a nurse working in a dressing station just behind the front lines of the Civil War, and she got shot in her abdomen from the side, and she went and got treated for her gunshot wounds. This is similar to the nun story, actually. When she was treated for the wounds several weeks later, if not a few months later, it was then discovered that she was pregnant. And she claimed, just like the nun did, that she had not been touched by human hand. So they did an investigation and they found that it was absolutely correct. She hadn't been investigated and touched by human hand. It was in fact what you would describe as an immaculate conception. What they then realised and what they worked out is that bullet, before it went into her side, actually went through the testicles of a soldier that was serving and as the bullet went through his testicles it then lodged itself in her womb and there was some sperm on the bullet um, the mini ball I suspect and it impregnated her and then she finally met up with the soldier who had made her pregnant and they got married and had a family and had more children the more traditional way and that is a true story ladies and gentlemen although everyone's looking at me around the table as if I've just made that up But I firmly believe that to be true, and I will research the details for that and give you the names in next week's show Uh if you are unbelieving. All of tonight's stories can be found in glorious Technicolor for your perusal on the Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, where you can see at your own leisure the graphic pictures and video footage that accompanies tonight's stories of the paranormal, strange and bizarre. I'm not sure I'd want to see the video footage for some of the stories we've come across tonight. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, the K2 meter with the dead battery is Greg. Despite the fact that he was making whipping noises... And despite the fact that he managed to play the harp and so many other fabulous things. And that's the last you'll be hearing from me until next week. (laughs) Thankfully, it missed my testicles by inches because I'd only just moved them. You might get pregnant, though. Well, the night is still young and I am open to offers. 
What would the neighbours say? I mean, they'd say whatever got into you, Adrian, and I, I'd be embarrassed, to be perfectly honest. We have, in glorious third place, 14 points. Kim has 14 points. And for the first time in recorded history on more questions and answers, there is a tie for the lead for the $33,000 question between Heather and myself. I, I get it. No, because I'm going to ask a... Uh, Greg's searching in his pockets to find I a coin. I think you should do double or nothing. I think I should ask a sudden death question. How can you ask it if well, it's I want to win. between us? Where did I go on my fifth birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you're going to flick a coin. You're Heather, gonna I'm going to say, this isn't really good radio, is it, if people are listening and we're flicking coins, but you have to take my word that Greg has searched in his pockets. Moths flew out and uh, a coin has appeared. I believe that's a quarter. And so, Heather... You're going to have the privilege of calling heads or tails, and if you lose, I win. Unlike the Super Bowl, you want to call it before I flip it? No, what I'm going to do is you're going to flick it in the air, and then I'm going to catch it. (laughs) Go for it. No, you go for it. Tails. Oh, it is heads. I've won. (laughs) I said said tails on the bottom. (laughs) Heads, I win. Tells you lose. I win the $33,000. There will be a steward's inquiry, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a I long journey. I haven't broken my duck yet. No, you haven't, and no. I tried my best to get you points, but you just would not keep quiet. <laughs> Do not fear, listener. Remember, I am back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time, and I would love for you to join me for the fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and as we've just discovered, very, very weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show, especially if you don't like them. And feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. We have so much fun on there. We share information. We look at all the stories of the week. And people can post on there the things that they're doing and the places they're going in terms of radio shows and other paranormal information. You can email me too at MQTA. Of course, that's more questions and answers. MQTA at rocketmail.com. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gorn, all at the International Paranormal Society, intparanormal.net, where you can also read my blogs if you're interested to do so. I'm led to believe people find them very informative and funny. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area, Paranormal Interest Group, MUFON of Minnesota, Rhapsody Music and Cactus Tattoos of Mankato. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.